Welcome to the Luna Holistic Podcast. I'm your host, Geneva Robbins, and every month on this podcast, we'll talk about Reiki, as well as answering your questions on all things spiritual. We are gratefully located in Calgary in Treaty 7 territory. Thank you all and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to the Luna Holistic Podcast. My name is Geneva Robbins and I'm here today with Kyla Shepard. Say hi, Kyla. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Thank you for joining me. Kyla and I are going to be talking about perfectionism. Oh, man. And it really weigh you down. <laughs> <This is> so <laughs> We're going to be chatting about that and how some of the tools we've been practicing over the years have really helped us and maybe how it can help you and in particular how Reiki can help you with perfectionism. So thank you for being here Kyla and thank you everybody for joining us. We'll start like I like to start with a collective breath of gratitude so just a little mini meditation to get everything settled and open and clear if you happen to be driving, like don't close your eyes and maybe skip ahead <laughs> if you can get lulled by the sound of my voice, you know, maybe pull over to the side of the road or listen a little later. But otherwise, let's start with gently closing your eyes, going inside, taking a big sigh of relief. Letting your energy settle down through your body, down your legs, connecting in deeply to the earth energy below you. Just noticing the frequency within the earth directly below your body. And sending a deep thought of gratitude for that supportive, nurturing earth that's always directly below you, always supporting you, always loving you. And let that gratitude spread out in the earth below you, flowing through all the landscape. Maybe the buildings and the trees and the water bodies around where you're sitting. Noticing all of the creatures, the animals and plants and bees and all of the wonderful life that's vibrant and alive all around you. And let that wave of gratitude extend to connect with other people and beings that are also feeling gratitude in this moment. You're not alone. Feeling gratitude for all those kind ones here with you, here with us, 
today in this moment. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. You can gently open your eyes. Ah, that was nice. Thank you, Kyla. Thank you. That was lovely. Yeah. I like that. I always say that every time. I'm like really like meditation a lot. I find it's like the cure for most ills. <laughs> if in doubt, try meditating. Try gratitude. Try just like breathing a little bit slower with your eyes closed. Simple. Simple but difficult. Yes. Very good place to start though. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, perfectionism is a concept that I have been thinking about a very, very long time. <laughs> a long, long time. <laughs> and has plagued me a very, very long time. And I was thinking about it before we hopped on. I've been thinking about it a lot. I was thinking about how, you know, I was such a good student <laughs> in school, in high school, High school, I got A's and everything. And if I got a B, it was just like the end of the world. And then I went to my undergrad in my first year. I was like, I had to come to a place of acceptance that I was no longer an A student. I was a B student. Ooh, <laughs> like that was a hard pill for me to swallow. So I've been doing a bunch of work on myself to let that go <laughs> because that thought is not a very helpful thought and I realized that it didn't actually help me do better at school or in any area of my life. I left undergrad, I got a good job and little did they know I was only a B student. They all thought I was like very, very good. But when I went back to do my master's level, I had to take some upgrade classes to get my GPA up. And because I had changed my thinking and my perspective about myself that maybe I am smart and maybe I am capable and maybe it just I learn in a slightly different way in a slightly different manner. I learned by working in environmental science I had learned how to learn and I learned how I learned more importantly. And, and I changed my belief about myself because I was around people who believed that I was very clever. And so my cleverness could rise to the surface and it started being expressed instead of being suppressed by my negative belief that no matter how hard I tried, I would never be perfect. And I would never get back to being an A student. So just accept your fate. Right? Mm. <laughs> like, there's nothing yes. you can do about it. But I learned a lot of things like calming and grounding and getting outside in nature and how good those things were for me. And so then when I did these upgrade classes, like I nailed them. I aced them. I did so, so well. And then I, of course, got into my master's degree and you know, carried on from there. And that eventually took me to, you know, opening up this Reiki center and helping people with Reiki and being a Reiki master. And what that actually means for me, which I'll go into a little bit more, but it was remarkable for me how the biggest thing that changed in the intervening years between my undergrad and my master's degree 
was really just a change of perspective of who I was. And that change helped me do better because I didn't try to get an A. I just tried to do my best. I just tried to learn. And I also just really enjoyed what I was learning. Like I just wanted to soak it up like a sponge and perform at my optimal best. So I had also learned what makes me do well. So getting a good night's sleep, not trying to multitask or overload my nervous system with too many things all at once, having a positive outlook, you know, an openness and seeing if I did make a mistake is like, I would see it as a challenge or an area of growth rather than a failing as me as a human being is worthless or not good enough, right? So I didn't let shame get in my way. So that's my one little example of, which just sort of popped into my head right now. <laughs> so um, where I came from or where, how it got started or stuck in me. And one of the many ways that helped me break through, but often it's just like a little shift in perspective can really change not only, not only how you feel about yourself, because I think there's a bit of like, the perfectionist mind is like, well, if I don't stop trying to be perfect, then I won't do as well. And for me, I got the data of my own life, which is like when I stopped trying to be perfect and I focused on the process of what helps me learn and what helps, what just helps me feel good, I did better, right? It's like you can't get to that good result by focusing on the results, it's like, let go and just focus on what you have to do that moment. You know, that's where it took me. But Kyla, I'm interested for you. You've been on a journey as well with this. Is there anything that sort of pops up for you as we kind of delve into this topic of perfectionism and what's helped and what what helps you? Well, Reiki, hugely. <laughs> has helped me. I also have been thinking about perfectionism for a long time. I've been in the trenches with perfectionism for a very long time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it took a long time to start letting go of it. We love Brene Brown and all her work. And I think it, it must have been Brene Brown who referred to herself as a recovering perfectionist. And I thought, really resonates with me. So I try to reframe it like that. I'm a recovering perfectionist so that it's there and there's a lot of acceptance around it. And I can just take little steps to be more gentle with myself, really. Yeah. So yeah, I think gentleness is big. That's actually one of my biggest tools. And one of the ways that Reiki has helped me the most actually was like the focusing on gentleness and kindness which is one of the Reiki ideals is to be kind to yourself and all living things and it helps to remind me to be kind so one of the ways that I started though is with awareness even if I had no way of getting out of it I just started practicing being aware and observing it and then stepping back and then from there practicing starting to practice and layer in gentleness and kindness and humor if I can that helps shake me out sometimes mm -hmm. 
getting out of that like repetitive ruminating kinds of thoughts that dig you in. Yeah. And also very, very serious, harsh thoughts. Yeah. I was, I was thinking that it's like this, it's this, you know, we were talking about like before we hopped on the call about cognitive behavioral therapy as a tool of, and primarily like the tool within that, which is uh, reframing thoughts, which you can do with like a counselor. There's a lot of really neat cognitive behavioral therapy apps out there. I really like WISA, W-Y-S-A, because you just type in your thought and then it leads you through sort of different thinking errors and ways you can flip or reframe that thought to something that's positive or looking for the positive intent within the negative thoughts which is really, really helpful to be kind of walked through that process with a real world example you're living in the moment. But a big one for me is this sort of like black and white thinking so that there's a right way and a wrong way, you know, and that really popped up with like, you know, with academics where it's like you get graded on the test and there's a right answer and a wrong answer and there's only one right answer and everything else is wrong. And so it can create a lot of anxiety when you want to perform well to try to figure out what does that person's right answer mean, you know, so then, and it's very, very subjective because it's so personal for every person of what this idea of perfect is. If you ask 15 people, what's perfect, what's your perfect day or what's the perfect situation or what's your perfect holiday? you're going to get 15 different answers. There might be some overlap, like maybe more people like sunny days than others. But, you know, if you talk to my husband, he hates hot weather. He loves it when it's drizzly cold and 15 degrees. (laughs) So, And other people think that it would be a terrible day. It would be a completely imperfect day. So... Trying to strive for perfection is so individual and impossible. It's maddeningly impossible. And it's like, um, yeah, it can it can twist you right up into tangled old knots, trying to be perfect for other people and perfect for yourself and perfect for all situations ever. It's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. For me, the results in my body of perfectionism is often migraines because there's so much pressure that my brain just feels it's not exploding, but it feels like it's going to explode. And then what I have to do to make the pain in my head go away is to take all the pressure off. So I have to stop everything, turn out all the lights, put my head under the pillows and be still, totally still and silent. It pretty much sucks. So then my coping strategy is to not do that. So to take the pressure off before I get the pain in my brain and to notice the kinds of thoughts that can put me in a bind. I always think of it as like there's these slippery slope thoughts that can lead you into that squeeze of like, no matter what you do, it's never going to be good enough, which I like you brought up Brene Brown. She talks a lot about shame 
you know, and that a big driver of this is this, when you strip everything away with perfectionism, the core thought often is not good enough, you know, and not good enough is a voice of shame. And why does it matter so much if it's not good enough? Because we feel like our worth as individuals or other people's worth or the connection that we share with other people is dependent on meeting a certain standard. And that if we don't get there, then we're not going to get love and connection. Brene Brown talks about it like hustling for connection, where we're like trying to act our way into connection rather than our than being our way into connection that, you know, it's like kind of leads us back through to, you know, those sort of core, loosening up those core beliefs and getting to a more, like you said, gentle and kind space. So. so I love that you brought up the Reiki ideals. I did write a whole book about it. <laughs> the Secret Art of Happiness. Which is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the Reiki ideals are these five simple but challenging concepts of, you know, just for today, I will let go of anger. I will let go of worry. I will be grateful for my many blessings. I will do my work honestly, my spiritual work honestly, and I will be kind to myself and every living thing. And like you said, like kindness is probably the most important one, but I think all of the Reiki ideals do pop up when we're dealing with something like perfectionism. So sometimes like we'll be angry at ourselves or be angry at other people because there's a sort of standard that isn't being met. And, and then that can create a lot of tension and angst within us. So by working through and, and doing techniques to acknowledge the anger and decide what action needs to be taken, whether it's setting clear boundaries, whether it's reframing a thought, whether it's meditating, that's sort of all part of like releasing, acknowledging, caring and releasing the anger. There's letting go of worry. So there's can be a lot of anxiety and sort of worried, ruminating thoughts that come up with perfectionism of you know, sort of being really hyper concerned about what they are going to say. Sometimes it's a very general day and being concerned about criticism. Gratitude is, a for me, the antidote to criticism. So it's like, instead of looking for what's gone wrong or what isn't perfect or this hyper focus on all of the flaws, we start flipping it and looking for gratitude. So how, where are things going well? What's, what's going smoothly? What else in your life is going really great? Um, and then that can kind of take, again, some of that pressure off and bring you back in. And then doing the work is like meditation, self-care, getting outside, having a laugh, lightening up, you know, things like that, things that can loosen some of the, the tension, kindness. So Sometimes, often with the people, with me and the people that I see for Reiki sessions and in classes and and things are, 
Most people are much, much, much harder on themselves than they are with other people. Like a thousand million times harder on themselves than other people. Very often the people that I meet are very, very kind externally. They're very forgiving. They're very understanding. They're very compassionate. They're able to like understand why people can or cannot do certain things and they make accommodations for that. But when they look at themselves, there's just this impossible bar that they don't let themselves go past. So bringing that compassion inside. And I think of it as like at a beginning place, maybe not a beginning place, but I strive to at first be as compassionate to myself as I am to a total stranger. And to talk to myself the way I would talk to, you know, the clerk at the grocery store, you know, I wouldn't yell at them and say, you're so terrible for not doing this absolutely the way that I think it should be done. And in the time frame that it should be done, you know, would never say that ever, you know, and I don't even really think that most of the time. I'm like, yeah, they're doing their best. They're like doing a great job. It's all good. You know, time takes the time it takes, you know, and, um, and so I'm very like light with other people. So I try to be as light with myself and hold myself in that same care, that sort of gaze of kindness and compassion. So, yeah. How does that all sit with you, Kyla? Very well. Very well said. I totally agree. And the other aspect that came to me when you were talking say about gratitude is whatever it is your shame gremlins little perfectionist monsters are telling you about what it is you're doing could you maybe find a teensy little aspect of it to be grateful for for yourself you showed up you're trying that's amazing and especially when there are voices, harsh voices like that chirping at you. That is such a big thing in and of itself. Trying to reframe it with the gratitude, maybe is there an aspect that's good enough? Or is the entire thing maybe good enough? And being grateful for all parts of yourself too, though. The the trick I have found with perfectionism and the shame gremlins is that there's a temptation to fight with them, right? And and kind of argue with them and be like, no, you're wrong. But that kind of like just begets more of that energy, actually. Like <laughs> that can be getting you, that can be them getting you from the other side. So come back to gentleness and even being grateful for them or the voice or however you want to look at it, because it's really just trying to keep you safe. It's just mm-hmm. trying to, help you be connected and loved it is going about it all the wrong way (laughs) (laughs) but it has developed for a reason because of something that you learned or something that occurred in the past maybe many things that occurred in the past family patterns what have you so it is there for a reason and it is just maladaptive now so even being grateful for that because it's and and trying to reframe and step back and see 
like what it is trying to accomplish. And then that can create a bit of space to have more gentleness and kindness all around. And then a little, and, and it can create a bit of space to see, okay, now you can see the intention of where that shame, those shamed gremlins are driving you. And then you can soften around the whole process and be like, okay, well, maybe it's true that I will still be worthy of love, even if this isn't perfect. Maybe good enough is good enough. So yeah. that's another way to also use the Reiki ideals. That's brilliant. That's so brilliant. And yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. There's the gentleness with the self that's being criticized by your inner critic but then there's also this gentleness with the inner critic itself and seeing it as one of your inner children it needs love it needs protection it needs affection it needs care and and often when we give it what it needs not what it wants then it can settle just like I think of it like an inner toddler right like if you go to the grocery store with the small human and they're like I want that candy and they just flip right out as a kind parent to that child you or caregiver to that child you don't give them what they want which is the candy, which isn't going to actually help. You know, it's not going to really help them. You practice deep looking and deep listening. And with compassion and care, you can see, ah, I see what you really need is a nap. I see what you really need is gentleness. I see that you what you need is that you're overstimulated and you need to be in a calm space, right? Or maybe you are hungry, but let's get you some nourishing food that's actually going to help you rather than create more chaos later. <laughs> so, and that we can, when we practice it with ourselves, with the, you know, if we, if we fight something that thrives on fighting, we end up with more fighting. If we shame something that's made up of shame, we just end up with more shame. So I like that as a real positive is like, and also, and I like that as part of cognitive behavioral therapy is like, can you see a kind intent inside that thought? So even though the thought itself is a painful one, no matter what I ever do, it's never, ever going to be enough. I can't let this work go. And because there's going to be mistakes in it and people will complain, you know, when you look at it, it's like, oh, I actually just, I want it to be good and I want it to help people or I want it to be the best I can make it is, is actually not a terrible intent. But I find that that perfectionistic drive actually gets in the way of actually making things better. It actually tends to like, make things worse I think of like I love to dabble with like watercolors and pen and ink drawings and things like that and I've I've learned to one is to embrace all of the mistakes so if uh, my hand does a little like weird little squiggle I will just incorporate that into the overall drawing and pattern 
I won't try to fight about it and I won't try to make it something, you know, that it, like I just lean into those little mistakes and I just see it as a part of the overall design. But then I also know that there's a point where the the wanting to make it absolutely perfect part of me wants to keep going in and dabbing at it, you know, keep wanting to go in and muck about it and just do one last little thing. So I've learned over time to refrain from that last little perfect nudge because that's exactly the moment where I'll do a big blotch. It'll just let it go. You know, it just, it just kind of mucks the whole picture up because it's really those little things that look to us as the creator, as the imperfect parts might be actually what makes it look real and genuine. And as I've been sort of playing around with drawing, I really love drawing landscapes and nature scenes and things like that. I realize that my brain wants everything to be regular and orderly, but nature is not. And the beauty I find in nature is actually in these like wildly irregular patterns, sticks and branches going every which way. When you look at a tree, a real tree in the forest, it's not symmetrical. The branches are not evenly spaced. There's live ones, there's dead ones, there's ones going off in weird angles. But when you look at the whole of it, it's all beautiful. And it's, and it's looking at ourselves with that same eye of like that, all of the things that maybe make us different or might be perceived as flaws or difficulties are actually what contribute to our beauty and our uniqueness in the world and make us exactly who we are. And that the people that love us unconditionally love us for everything. They don't love us in spite of our flaws. Maybe they even, that might be the most, their most favorite thing about us is something that we consider to be like a mark, you know, and other people might see it as part of your beauty or part of your courage even. So I think about that a lot, you know, or even just like the, the earth itself is not perfect. It wobbles. It's not a perfect sphere. And yet it's pretty good. <laughs> like I like it as a planet. I'll stay here for a while. You know, <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's all where my mind sort of rambles to with, <laughs> with all of this. <laughs> how does that how does that sit with you or what pops up for you with that? I love all of that. But I love that you mentioned also about thinking of your little shame gremlins or maybe your ego mind. I like to think of the ego mind that's stirring me up with all of these intense inner critic thoughts as a little child that for me gets me into the most gentle, compassionate, kind space to just see the intent behind, see what it, see what is trying to be accomplished there and not fight with it, love it instead. So that helps me practice radical self-acceptance and self-approval and self-love. And that is um, 
one of the biggest strategies that Reiki has helped me with for dealing with perfectionism. You got to love all of those parts. So thinking of it as a small child, a little toddler, that helps me the best. You could think of it as like a little rambunctious pet, whatever kind of helps you, whatever helps you maybe feel the most compassionate towards that side of you so that you can start softening there. And then from there, you can start to create space and move. So I definitely love that. And if I were to circle back around to the Reiki ideals for a moment, the Reiki ideals slash the other thing that I have worked on and have been working on a lot recently is affirmations or mantras. Those can be really helpful too, to just keep practicing. And it doesn't have to feel true at the time that you start saying it. That's probably the most important thing. But if you just persist with it, while accepting all that's there, it will start to help shift things for you too. And Geneva has created a Reiki Ideals affirmation ladder. So there are affirmations for all of the Reiki Ideals and at different levels. So if you feel you're totally like really, really struggling with the kindness one. You can start with the affirmation at the very bottom and work your way up. And that can help you climb up too. That's why it's a ladder and it's awesome. Thank you. The affirmation ladders are part of the secret order of happiness. So they're part of the book there. And we'll be creating a space on the Luna Holistic blog where you'll be able to connect and get a copy or a little poster PDF one pager that you can print out so you can can look at them. I also like them because this idea of like be embracing or be not being afraid of going up and down the scale of good feelings and bad feelings, you know, or uncomfortable feelings, right? Is that when we feel really angry, it can feel like we're in the pits, right? And can sometimes feel like oh we'll always be stuck down there but the reality is is that we bounce around all of the time and that there's 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 highs and lows and that these are some tools to sort of help you embrace some of the harsher patterns and give care and compassion all the reiki ideals are sort of a statement of kind acknowledgement and then a little bit of a nudge up to sort of raise you up. So we should go from anger to peace or worry to faith. Um, with gratitude, it's feeling critical or depressed to feeling completely grateful for everything. Doing the work is an interesting one because the flip side of not taking care of yourself is actually worthlessness. So not feeling like you're worthy of even five minutes of self-care. That one's, ooh, that's a shame right there. And then kindness is, is the opposite there is cruelty. So being unkind, like being cruel to yourself and diminishing yourself or being unkind to others and working your way and it's okay. It's uncomfortable. All the ones at the base of the ladder are uncomfortable, but it's okay. And it's normal. And there's reasons why you're there. 
but it's it's fine. You're still a good person. And then you just keep going up one after the other. And and it can clear it, it can lift, lift things for you. So yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so very much, Kyla. I think this has been a absolutely fantastic discussion. And I guess to wrap up, if you're in a moment of perfectionism, what's your sort of top three tools to dig your way out? It's hard to pick just three. I bounce around a lot, to be honest with you. Mm. But I think I will go with grounding. Take a deep breath and ground. Try and just settle where you're at at the moment. Give space to it. And then you can navigate from there and practicing gentleness and kindness. And if possible, get some support that's nearby. I'm very lucky that I'm, my husband works from home and he's around a lot. So if I'm having a moment, he's just the best. And he, especially with perfection, he tells me all kinds of things. Like, I can't remember exactly what I should know how many times he's told me, but he says something like perfection is the enemy of good enough. And, mm-hmm. and then he also says, is this going to matter in five days, five weeks, five months, five years? Is it going to matter? Things like that, that really help me reframe and reconnect and be like, okay, you're right. Perspective. Yes. <laughs> and also <laughs> just the unconditional love because that can help start to shift me so that I can start to provide that for myself. Yes. It's great to start practicing being your own support and your own cheerleader, but it helps to have the external support. Of course, we need it as humans, but also it helps you to build your own internal support, I think. Yes. Brilliant. I love all of those. That's fantastic. Thank you so, so very much for being here with me today. It's been awesome chatting about this. And I love the imperfections of all of creation, (laughs) including this podcast. (laughs) Me too. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been great. Yeah, thank you. And thank you everyone for joining us today. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us on the Luna Holistic Podcast. We're so grateful that you are here. If you've got a question, we'd love to hear from you. Go to lunaholistic.com slash podcast and we'll answer you in an upcoming episode. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And also please rate because you never know where your little five stars will go to shine light into somebody's heart today. So thank you very much and we'll see you next time.